We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Get more at 971talk.com. I am a huge fan of the band Pink Floyd. I'm a huge fan of several bands, but that's the only one everybody's ever heard of. Well, the Beatles, I guess. Uh, But there's so many people that love the Beatles that I don't really dive into Beatles news a whole lot. Usually because there's not a whole lot of Beatles news. Same is true of Pink Floyd. They have had a long-standing feud between the main members of Pink Floyd. Now, let me, if you don't understand this and and you're kind of... You know, you know the music, but you don't know the members of the band. Let me briefly explain what's going on here. So Roger Waters is commonly known as the main songwriter for all of the main years of Pink Floyd. So they had the original years of Sid Barrett. He went crazy on drugs. Roger Waters took over, although he was in the band at the time, and so was David Gilmore for part of it. Then Roger Waters kind of took over at the helm, and he was there along with David Gilmore, who is the lead guitarist for most of this, for Dark Side of the Moon and The Wall and Animals and Wish You Were Here, and the famous part, the most famous part of Pink Floyd's history. Then they broke up because Roger Waters is just a, a DB, apparently. He's a he's an egomaniac. And if you watch Roger Waters now, he's, he's still alive. Um, three of the main four members of Pink Floyd are still alive. The original guy, Sid Barrett's dead, but... The main guys, um, the keyboardist, Richard Wright, has died. The rest of them are still alive. And actually, they were in St. Louis. You know, I've seen Roger Waters here in St. Louis. I've seen Nick Mason, the drummer, here in St. Louis. Never seen David Gilmore. But they all are still pretty active. Roger Waters is outspoken. And he's one of the few people who I really have no idea what he's ever going to say. He says stuff sometimes that I agree with. He says some stuff sometimes that's way far off and way left. And you just never know. And he's one of the few people, you know, I wouldn't even put Bill Maher in that category. You'd say, well, there's sometimes that Bill Maher is far left and sometimes he says things you agree with. Yeah, but you can kind of expect that from him now. With Roger Waters, it's like you don't even know where he's coming from and how he comes to these conclusions. So he says crazy things sometimes, and other times you're like, no, that's actually kind of accurate. He's a big supporter of Julian Assange, for instance, but he hates Israel. <laughs> so I, you know, it's like well, I don't, I don't know. But anyway, he has said <clears throat> many times some things about Ukraine. He does not like this war. He doesn't like people supporting. Broad brushstrokes here, but he he doesn't really think that we should be supporting Ukraine. And by we, I mean the world, because he's not an American. And so people have really criticized him for that, obviously, because you can't not you can't criticize supporting Ukraine apparently ever uh, without getting some serious blowback. 
Well, how does this affect Pink Floyd? Well, just real quick here, David Gilmour, the lead guitarist, and Roger Waters have been fighting for years, and it's always been a little bit hush-hush. We've known that they're fighting, but it was apparently this song that I'm going to pull up here, and I played this when it came out, but I'll play it again. This song that really pushed things over the edge, and now it's become public. So if you remember me playing this, this is the song that Pink Floyd, quote-unquote, two of the three band members, David Gilmour and Nick Mason, without Roger Waters released. Okay, it's a Ukrainian song that they've kind of reimagined. So he's, a, he's, I guess, a famous Ukrainian singer. Now, he did that song, they took it, they took the lyrics, and just added the Pink Floyd spin to it and put a pretty cool guitar solo in there that is legitimately good. So he's a rock legend, and they don't put out new music much at all. And so when they do, especially under the banner of Pink Floyd, it's like, oh, that's kind of a big deal. That's cool. So that song kicked off Roger Waters criticizing the use of the name Pink Floyd, which he feels like he has a right to, which he does. It's just that if he gets outvoted and there's only three of them left, he can't do anything about it. (laughs) So that was released without his approval. He has been vocally against it. And I don't know if he's vocally against raising money for Ukraine, but just generally, he doesn't like what's happening. And (laughs) so it went public. All this stuff is stuff you kind of, you know, if you really follow the band, you knew. But David Gilmour, who's playing that famous, or sort of famous guitar solo, but all the famous guitar solos from Pink Floyd, he, his wife, Polly Sampson, came out and said, sadly, Roger Waters, you are anti-Semitic to your rotten core, also a Putin apologist and a lying, thieving, hypocritical, tax-avoiding, lip-sinking, misogynistic, sick-with-envy, megalomaniac, enough of your nonsense. David Gilmore, her wife, her husband, said every word demonstrably true. So it's gone from the shadows to now it is a public feud. Roger Waters, and I'm watching this play out in real time. There's been articles since, but I'm watching it play out on Twitter going, oh no, because this means we'll never get any new music from the main members of Pink Floyd together again. They might individually do something like that thing I just played, but they'll never come out with another true Pink Floyd album with the two main members because Roger Waters has now come out and issued this statement. Roger Waters is aware of the incendiary and wildly inaccurate comments made about him on Twitter by Polly Sampson, which he refutes entirely. He is currently taking advice as to his position. (laughs) The end. So I'll pause there and let you catch up. If you're not a Pink Floyd fan, now you're caught up. If you are, you probably knew some of this was going on, but it's, it's crazy because now it's in the public view. There you go. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I'm going to keep the commentary to a minimum here. I just want to play you a couple of clips, very, very different subjects. We're going to kind of mash them together into one segment here. They are about, first, myocarditis. Now, this is Yasmin Vasoian. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. She is a... I've seen her before. She's on MSNBC. This is her giving a testimonial of what she's experienced physically, what she's experienced in her health, and why she hasn't been on the air on MSNBC. Here you go. I know from my Twitter feed uh, that many of you have wondered why I have been off the air for a little while. Well, I have been dealing with a little bit of a health scare. On December 20th, I began to feel chest pains and they waxed and waned over a period of 10 days. I wasn't quite sure uh, what to make of it, but as they continued to get worse, I started to think something was actually wrong. Um, It was December 30th when I finally went to an urgent care and was told I had reflux. I didn't really buy it, but I was relieved it wasn't my heart. Uh, My body, though, was pretty certain uh, not to believe uh, the reflux. The next day, on December 30th, I woke up with severe pains both in my chest and in my left shoulder, and it was like a tightening in my chest when I took deep breaths. That got worse when I was laying flat. I knew enough at that moment to understand that it could mean could is the key word here, that I was having a heart attack, especially because it was happening in the left part of my shoulder. I want to remind you, I run seven miles three to four times a week, or I did. Um, I do yoga. I don't eat meat. I don't smoke. I drink occasionally. Not right now, though, because my doctor tells me I can't. Aside from probably not getting enough sleep and working too much, I'm a pretty healthy person. But on that day, I was anything but. My husband drove me to the emergency room, and from there, the nightmare that has been my January began. I was diagnosed with pericarditis, inflammation of the lining of my heart, brought on by a virus, a literal common cold. So she said, I'm going to pause right there because she says all of this came about because of a cold. Now, that's what her doctor told her. Then she goes on to tell the rest of the story. On January 4th, I was finally discharged after doctors drained the fluid around my heart and I bounced out of the hospital. I couldn't get out of there fast enough with the hopes I was on the mend. But that was not the end. Three days later, I was readmitted when I felt a flutter in my heart, like a butterfly. It was inside my chest. They determined I had developed myocarditis, inflammation of the actual heart now, the heart muscle. I remember being shepherded through the emergency room and wondering, is this it? It wasn't, thank God. Instead, I spent five more days in the hospital where they ran a battery of tests, adjusted my meds, and made sure nothing else was... 
cuts off at the end there, but what she says just to say to see if anything else was off. She has developed myocarditis, and it's giving her terrible problems. Obviously, she's in very good shape. She talks about running seven miles a day, yet all of a sudden, she has myocarditis. Now, I'm not a medical professional, and I think it would be intellectually dishonest of me to say, well, clearly the virus, I mean, clearly the vaccine. But I also think that it would be intellectually dishonest to say it can't be those things, which is where we are. We are jumping to conclusions about all this stuff all the time. So I'm not going to jump to the conclusion with her and say that it couldn't have been a virus, although I've never heard of that happening. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but people have gotten colds for a long time and they didn't develop myocarditis. Is it possible? I guess it's sure. Is it also possible that we're just paying so much closer attention to this one that now we're attributing every time somebody has heart problems or even health problems to either COVID or to the vaccine. I think that is possible. But here's where I want to twist things and say it's also possible that mass ingest injecting the entire population of the globe basically with an mRNA vaccine, which hadn't been done before, and now you're seeing myocarditis more, it's also possible that there is a link there. The, the big problem here is that the institutions that are supposed to study these things haven't. They've been silenced. You get blackballed for mentioning it. But they, they need to do this. And there are people who have stepped up, but they can't get the institutions behind them because the institutions themselves are bought off with mega, mega money from the big pharmaceutical companies, which, by the way, have been given billions and billions of your tax dollars. See how this money has funneled from you through the government to pharmaceuticals and they control the conversation. That's what's so sad. I'm going to pause there, switch gears. Wow, that's amazing. Wiggins, America. That is amazing. And talk about something else that's oddly very scary. This is from the World Economic Forum. Obviously, this has been done for a couple weeks now. But the stuff that comes out of these things, what the heck are they thinking? Here's a clip from the World Economic Forum about brainwave tracking. First off, a video. Uh, it's going to make you see the future and understand a wonderful future where we can use brainwaves to fight crime, be more productive, and find love. Let's roll. You're in the zone. Even you can't believe how productive you've been. Your memo is finished, your inbox is under control, and you're feeling sharper than you have in a decade. Sensing your joy, your playlist shifts to your favorite song, sending chills up your spine as the music begins to play. You glance at the program running in the background on your computer screen and notice a now familiar sight that appears whenever you're overloaded with pleasure, your theta brainwave activity decreasing. Could you take a quick look at my brain data? Anything to worry about? Your mind starts to wander to the new colleague on your team, whom you know you shouldn't be daydreaming about, given the policy against intra-office romance. But you can't help fantasizing just a little. But then you start to worry that your boss will notice your amorous feelings when she checks your brain activity and shift your attention back to the present. 
So there's a little blip in the audio there for some reason that made it sound like there was an edit. There's not. That's supposed to be just a full clip for whatever reason it blipped. But what she says is that this is this is basically a, a sales pitch video. This isn't warning you that this is going to happen. This is telling you how great it is. And in the video, it says your work computer realizes that maybe you're feeling a little down, so it turns on a song that you like based on your brain waves, which it apparently is constantly monitoring. And then in that video, she gets worried that she's looking at one of her coworkers who she kind of likes. And she's worried that intra-office romance is against company policy and that she's going to be flagged for feelings of, I don't know, love or lust or whatever because her work computer is monitoring her brain. They're pitching that like it's good. It goes on it goes on in that video I spare you of the rest of it to talk about how they arrest somebody based on their brain waves because they figure out that he might be stealing from the company based on his brain activity. That's part of the pitch to you to get on board. <laughs> The freaking World Economic Forum, man. You talk about you talk about being oblivious to your surroundings. Those guys are the epitome of it. And they're leading the world. We'll be right back. Welcome to the studio. Brian Wiggins, thank you You're very welcome. much. Hey, you're welcome. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for being here, which I already did. So check that box. One and done there. Number we'll keep two. Keep talking about it if you want. Yep. Um, want to talk to you about... The threat of World War Three, mm. and then we'll talk about some fun stuff. Let's talk about it. Let's go. I got a lot of thoughts. Okay, specific to the Nord Stream pipeline. Mm-hmm. Familiar with this? Yep, I know everything about it. That's why you have me on every week. Okay, well then explain. I, I want to hear your side of the story first, and then I'll give you the facts. Okay, fair. A journalist did some very, very deep research on the Nord Stream Pipeline. The Nord Stream Pipeline, for a little background information here, um, it was the delivery system of energy, natural, natural gas, from Russia to Germany that Trump initially said, do not build this, you're going to make yourself the lapdog to Russia, to Germany. Germany said, Trump's an idiot, we're going to do whatever we want, basically I don't know whether they would have done it anyway, but they definitely were defiant to Donald Trump because he was Donald Trump. And they said, well, you don't know what you're talking about. So they did it. Then the Ukraine war happened and they were in a unique position because, oh, no, now a bunch of our country's energy is coming from Russia. Do we come out against Russia and support Ukraine or what do we do now? Because we're in kind of a weird spot. And the, so the Nord Stream Pipeline is the name of that delivery system that comes from Russia to Germany. Mm-hmm. You already knew all of this, though. Yeah. Yep. And I'm totally up on this. Okay. I'm hip to this stuff. So just to let me know if I get anything wrong. Okay. Then. Yep. So far, you're doing okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, so then the Nord Stream 2, it was the second pipeline that they built more recently, was bombed. And they didn't know who did it, whether it was uh, Ukraine, you know, trying to cut off the dependency that Germany would have on Russia, or who else in the world would have motivation to do that. Some people were speculating that Russia even did it, which didn't really make much sense. But nobody 
could figure out. And then it just kind of went away because nobody knew what to make of it. Mm-hmm. Well, then this this guy, this journalist, actually, I don't even know it was a guy because I've been more consuming the story through reaction to it than I have digging into it myself. But this this report came out that said conclusively, not only did the USA do this, but it came straight from the White House. And people have been trying to debunk it. And this is where I say the reaction has been more interesting than the story itself. People who have who've been trying to debunk the story have all come away going, uh, crap, I can't debunk this. <laughs> um, so it looks like he's hit on a nerve here that it was Joe Biden, or at least the White House, the U.S. White House, that ordered this pipeline to be bombed. Now, if that's true, it would mean a number of things. One, that the USA was trying to draw Germany into this war to support Ukraine, and that the USA deeply, or at least the Biden administration, deeply, deeply was ready to fight on behalf of Ukraine, maybe not with troops on the ground, but by any means necessary. No, but that would be an act of war, right? So, And now you get where I'm headed. I do. Uh, I want to be careful here because that's a big accusation to lob at the administration. Yes, it is. But like I said, everybody who keeps looking into it is going, Oh, I heard you say that. I'm just not comfortable commenting on it yet. But if more comes out, I will say you're the expert here. So, yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things that makes you go, wait, what? Mm -hmm. Um, It just seems like that would signal that the United States was going to actively participate in a war against Russia. Yes. And I think. Before I start talking about the USA actively participating in a war against Russia, I'm going to need more. I will say this. I know a lot about the pipeline itself, how it works, how things flow through it. Okay. um, You're more of a technical The structure of it and the placement underground Mm -hmm. and, yeah, the temperature this time of year. Which is? um, Cold. Sure. Yep. It's just cold, straight up cold. Wear a coat. Mm -hmm. Dave Murray would say it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Bring your coat. Uh, Yeah, I just, I don't know. Well, you're not alone because uh, I think, and I I can't speak on behalf of every expert that we talked to. You probably could better actually on that subject. But as far as I understand, it's been tough to get the experts, the, the foreign policy slash national security experts to really comment on this. Well, they, are they maybe doing what I just did and saying, hold yes, on, I need more? They are. Yeah. They are. But this looks like one of those that even if it's even if it's not 100%, even if the, the guy didn't get it exactly right, um, the onion's been peeled back. Sure. And there's something here. The door's been cracked. Let's yep. kick it open and figure out and, what's, and so what's going on there. This isn't the end of that story. Yeah. And it is concerning because, like you just said, you connect the dots and you go... If that's if that's true, um, and Russia gets to a place where they just don't care anymore because they're they're not doing great here. If they get to a place where they have lost the ability, like Putin is in his seventies now, mm-hmm. he wants to make a mark on the world, and he's losing the ability to do that with this war. He's actually looking worse. You know, he's looking foolish and he's looking like a, a loser, which is the worst possible thing for a dictator, because then they lash out and they go crazy and. It just is amazing to me that how how much the narrative shapes 
the way we perceive the world and our place in it. Because if this were Donald Trump, I mean, we were told going into Trump's first term that if this man sits at the helm, um, he's going to have the nuclear codes and he's going to start World War III. Mm-hmm. And the exact opposite happened. And based on the actual evidence of the world that we've seen over the last two years versus the four previous, what we've seen is that Joe Biden could actually be causing World War III. I don't hope it don't, doesn't get there, but we're certainly more at war and more participatory in wars right now than we were in the four years 2016 to 2020. And it's, it's amazing that it takes <clears throat> something like this to even acknowledge that. But it's very true. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate that the powers that be aren't sounding the alarms on this administration and saying, um, hey, don't get us, get us into World War III. But they were willing to do that to the previous president. So, Yeah. I mean, we treat the administrations differently. Yes. It's Indeed. Fact. That is a fact. And and then we watch the results. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about one other thing really quick here. Now, do you want to catch us up on the history of the, the charities that we support? Yeah. I, yes. You support a made-up charity that you have tried to make legitimate. And now you're asking people to <clears throat> feed their dogs too many carbs. And I don't know if you've seen dogs that have had too many carbs, but they chunk and it's hard for them to get down the stairs sometimes. They're cute, though. They look like little muscle so sausages. Cute. And they like they wobble mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, it's adorable, Super but it's cute. not good for their life expectancy well, and overall well, quality of life. Well. You have to start those joint meds sooner if you're feeding them too many carbs. Anyway, your charity is not real. Mine is. So just, yeah, so we played this last week, mm-hmm. and I'll play it again to prove to people that my charity is real. Mm-mm. It's called Pretzels for Pups. Here's the Made ad. Up. There wouldn't be an ad for this if it weren't real, right? Here it is. Hi, this is Ryan from Pretzels for Pups. Did you know that in our own country, according to a paper, less than 10% of all dogs have eaten a full-size soft pretzel in their entire lives? It doesn't have to be this way. Not with pretzels for pups. I don't have to tell you what our passion is. It's right there in the name. How can I help, Ryan? How do you think you can help? It's so obvious. I don't need to still be talking. We don't want your money. Get a pretzel and feed it to a dog. We are not a not-for-profit. We are not a 501c3. Feed a pretzel to a dog. Do you hear that? Feed a pretzel to a dog. Pretzels for pups. Feed a pretzel to a dog. Pretzelsforpups.ding.gum. So, obviously real. It wouldn't be played. You can't play something on the radio like that that's fake. But yet, you came along after hearing that and talking about it on this show last week, and you said, oh, that's so fake, and then you want to set this up? I said, oh, that's so fake, because mm-hmm. it was, and and... Chunky dogs are cute, but stop promoting something that's, one, not real, and two, harmful to society and to our beloved canines. And then I presented you with an alternative charity that you could get behind. Something... There are no pups who need pretzels, but there are cats who need coats. Hi, this is Trisha Everding with Coats for Cats. We are not a not-for-profit. We are not a 501c3. Just give a coat to a cat. 
it'll know what to do. And if it doesn't, eh, that's on it. The burden, that is, not the coat. You see, Pretzels for Pups claims it's helping feed animals. But do you know the average number of cases of canine obesity? Do you? It's a great question, one I'm not sure Wiggins America can answer. Give a coat to a cat. Coats for Cats. Hi, I'm Trisha Everding with Coats for Cats, basically stating the promo over because I want the focus to be on these felines, not those canine tubby tubs. Thanks for being gentle, folk. Uh, your ad is dumb compared to mine. I said my piece. How did you get the same music as me? We have the same imaging source. <laughs> we have the same. We have access to the exact same music library. Uh, not appreciated. That's my my takeaway. I just so you know how many cats are running around outside. Then, really, what people should be doing is getting their feral or stray cats fixed before they let them out. Run around. I know cats like to be outside. I get it, but cats make a lot of kittens, and then you got a lot of cats out there. Not a lot of cats have homes. The ones that are outside, especially this time of year, whether they be here or over by that pipeline we were talking about earlier, they're very chilly this time of year. And I'm glad you finally got there because you spent a long time talking about the cat's genitals before you got to the coat part. <laughs> I did not. You did. You did. No, I talked about their ability to produce. You said they reproduce. need to be removed. All the genitals. I said fixed is the nice way to say that. doesn't matter what the nice way is. It's the same thing. The cat doesn't care about the language. Look, if you want to do a spinoff charity, Pants for Cats, <laughs> we don't have to talk about it anymore. But at this point, they run around pantsless, they make a lot of babies, and those babies are cold. No, well, you heard it here first. Tune in next week to Wiggins America for Pants for Cats. <laughs> I think we, we know where this is headed. All right, let's talk about the balloon. We've covered a lot today. And the balloon hasn't been exactly the top uh, news story of the week, but I still think there's a lot here. Partially because, yes, I'm going to acknowledge this, some very good jokes came out of the balloon. Now, that's not to say that it's a laughing matter, but good joke's a good joke. And I'm going to point out one of those that I thought was really funny. Well, actually, there's been some really good memes that came out of it. One of them was... uh, I've been trying to talk to you about your car's extended warranty painted across the balloon. Like that's that's the point of the of the thing was just an ad. Now there was another one that I really appreciated that said this is China's attempt to get us to talk about white flight. I actually came up with that one, so I'm going to credit myself for it. I'm apt to do that. I'm not ashamed of doing that. I'll do that every single time here. It's Wiggins America. We don't put your name on the show if you're not willing to do that. Um, But I do want to point out that there's some serious stuff here, and it's stuff that not a lot of people are talking about. Before we get to it, let's talk about this administration's response to it still. Now, this is from this week, okay? This isn't old news. This is Corinne Jean-Pierre, and I have deliberately not edited this answer because there are times where you could chop an answer off, and you'll even hear it in this, that I could have stopped it at some point and made her sound pretty bad. And you can do that with a lot of people in a lot of instances. I didn't want to do that here. I actually left the whole question with the whole answer on purpose so you could hear just how bad it was for yourself. How is it possible that this administration discovered um, at least three previous balloons that flew over the U.S. under the previous administration, but Trump officials didn't know it was happening? 
Yeah, so look, I think that, uh, and we have talked about this before, about how um, uh, the, when it um, when the PRC government surveillance balloons trans uh, trans trans transited uh, the continental U.S. briefly at least three times, as you just mentioned during the president's uh, prior administration, and once that we know of the beginning of this administration's, uh, but never for this duration of time, as we know, uh, this information was discovered prior to the admin administration uh, left. Uh, but uh, the intelligence community, as I said, is prepared to give uh, give. Uh, briefings to key officials uh, but this is something uh, this is something sorry post yeah. but this is something that we we they did not they were not aware of as as we've just laid out technically this is supposed to be the best communicator in the country she has the top press position in the entire united states and that is her answer so beyond just that she's bad at her job the answer doesn't make any sense and it points out, I'm going to play just the question, because really the question, her answer is just a, a complete incoherent mess. But listen to the question again. How is it possible that this administration discovered um, at least three previous balloons that flew over the U.S. under the previous administration, but Trump officials didn't know it was happening? Okay, that's the key to the whole thing. And nobody's talking about this, or at least very few people are talking about this. The underreported story here is that, A, everybody looks dumb. Everybody looks completely incompetent in this, in our current administration, certainly, not just Corinne Jean-Pierre, but Joe Biden, because what they're adding there is that they already knew, this administration knew this had happened, and that it was currently happening, and they were going to do nothing about it until a news station in Montana picked it up and made it national news. So no national security concerns at all. And also that China looks very stupid in this. Now you could say they were metaphorically floating a balloon here to see what the United States would do about it. But they've already done that several times, and apparently we did nothing about it. Again, now, let me focus in on what the underreported story is, because I haven't gotten to it yet. That reporter asked a very, very good question. I wish I knew which news outlet she was from. She said, how is it possible that this administration knew that there were previous Chinese balloons that had been floated and that the previous administration did not know that? That is a huge problem. What this is pointing to, what this is showcasing, is that there really is a deep state here <clears throat> that was working against the President of the United States when it was a Republican, when it was Trump, and is now choosing to work with the administration when it is now a Democrat, when it is Biden. That is a freaking huge problem that nobody is talking about that the administrative state, in this case, the military industrial complex, was hiding things from the president of the United States that he and his entire administration did not know about. And now they're telling this administration everything and we're supposed to be okay with that and blame Trump for not knowing. No, he had an entire apparatus working against his success 
success and therefore against America's success. And do you know why they were doing that? Because he was willing to look them in the eye and tell them, you fired. He was willing to go in and clean house. And to an extent, he did that. But even he, going into this thing, did not know how deep the deep state was, how deep the swamp was. He named it. He knew it was there. He didn't know how deep it was and how bad it was. He was driving a ship, and he had his MAGA captain's hat on, and he was gleefully going about draining that swamp the whole time they were draining him. He did not succeed in getting rid of the swamp. The swamp succeeded in getting rid of him. And I think look around in America right now and you see that that was true. You may not love everything about Donald Trump. You don't have to love everything about Donald Trump. What he did was expose a whole lot of stuff and it continues to come out this to this day about how much they were hiding from him, how much they were actively working against him from inside the government against an elected member elected member, the elected member, the freaking president. That story is completely underreported in the midst of Chinese balloon gate that's going on right now. Everybody, in fact, I'm, I'm making a point here that if you took it out of context, just like I gave Corinne Jean-Pierre the benefit of the doubt, I gave her the entire answer to the question without cutting it off. If somebody wanted to cut this off and use it down the road against me, Fine, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. Everybody in Balloon Gate looks stupid except Donald Trump. He's the only one that actually comes out looking like he was the victim in a sense, but he was trying so hard to take these people down, and they were trying even harder, and they had a bigger, wider net to take him down, and they did. I'm not saying necessarily going forward that means he should be the next guy, but maybe he should. I guess we'll see. That's why you have a primary process. And that's what we're looking forward to is getting this whole thing back on track because it is off track right now. Yeah, I'm a little pissed off about that. Sorry, Um, but that story needs more attention. This is Wiggins America. This is the end of the show. I guess I saved the best for last, huh? Or the worst, I guess, depending on your perspective or what mood you're in. Hopefully, it's a good one. Hopefully, you have hope. I I don't bring these things up to try to bring you down. I bring these things up because they need to be brought up. These are problems. we got to deal with them. They're more in the light now than they ever have been, and that does encourage me. Again, Wiggins America, you can get the podcast by typing in Wiggins America, probably by Monday. It's usually up by Monday. Or you can rewind on the Odyssey app, and we'll see you next week. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.